Welcome everyone to another edition of Drunk Agile. Um, very coincidentally, I think, Pratik, you and I are wear, wearing exactly the same thing that we wore last week. That's Yeah, the thing is, everyone can tell that we're wearing the same thing, but no one can tell if Misha's doing the same thing. Yeah, she, she looks <laughs> suspiciously in the same position, but who really knows? Maybe maybe compare well, her position I, in the last video to- Should have hidden this- uh, Should have hidden, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, because we promise a week has passed since yeah. the last one we recorded and yeah. and this one. Um, so we mentioned the star of the show, Nisha. Thank you very much for being here. Along with Nisha, we have unfortunately Pratik. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Um, interest, you know, Pratik's drinking the same thing. I'm drinking the same thing. Let's um, let's let's kind of jump. <laughs> for, for reference, look yeah. at the previous episode. <laughs> let's jump right. So in the last week's video, we talked. We talked exclusively about the flaw of averages. In this week's video, we want to talk about some implementations of the flaw of averages where you may not think it's the flaw of averages, but there's probably the flaw of averages lurking um, somewhere underneath the covers. So I'd like to I'd like to kick us off by reading a question uh, from a question that I got today. Uh, from, from Matt, not going to give his last name, but it's a great question. I mean, I could give his last name because it's a very, very good question, but we'll, we'll protect the innocent because I don't know if Matt wants us to use his last name or not. Um, but here, here's his question. Here's Matt's question. What are your thoughts on using standard deviation of cycle time in terms of looking at a team's performance or predictability? My understanding is that standard deviation only works when you have a normal distribution and is meaningless when the data follows something different. Cycle time data tends to follow more of a Weeble or viable or however you pronounce that distribution, not a normal one. Thoughts? Um, unfortunately for Matt, there's almost nothing correct in anything that he's said here. Don't get me wrong, it's a great question. It's a great question. And I love that he is verbalizing probably two or three huge myths um, out there about um, about standard deviations out there, about how cycle time is distributed, uh, about all. So we're going to try and cover as much of that as possible, keeping in mind that lurking underneath the covers for a lot of this stuff is the flaw of averages. Um, so Pratik, can you can you kick us off? What do you what are your thoughts on using standard deviation of cycle time uh, for looking at predictability? What so. Uh, let's let's start from the last part of that question, which where where um, Matt talks about cycle time data following a normal distribution, not following a normal distribution, or instead following a Weeble or however you call a distribution. The the that is where M Matt's getting to the heart of the problem, but missing it by just a little bit there. The 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 heart of the problem is that when you are trying to use these traditional methods, you kind of need to know what the underlying distribution is before making judgment calls using these methods. And which or, method? Sorry. To be clear, which methods are you talking? Oh, about? using 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 what? yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> using using things like uh, averages and standard distributions, standard deviations, and then doing the whole. If it's outside of two sigma or if it's outside of three sigma, this, the, the, the things we need to look at. When you're doing those those kind of statistical methods, applying those, you, you do need to know what that distribution is underneath. Um, unfortunately, not only do we usually not know what the distribution is un underneath, it also shifts 
the distribution itself shifts as you get more data, as you get live data, live cycle time data. That is the basis of the problem. I don't think Matt's trying to necessarily ask a bad question, as you said, it's just, there are th those assumptions underneath, which he's exposing might be a problem. So, so let, let's, let's be very, very clear. There is no distribution on earth, normal, viable, dear God, wake be, what, whatever. There is no distribution on earth that will describe your cycle time data. Now, I know that probably flies in the face of, of some things that you've heard, maybe from even the Kanban community, but there is absolutely no distribution on earth that describes your cycle time data for your process, which is one of the reasons why we talk about having to, you have to use your data for your process and throw out a lot of these, uh, a lot of these steam error statistics, which we'll, 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 we'll talk about, uh, talk about here in a second. So that's, you know, that that's, that's point number one, right? Don't the, the last, the absolute last thing you want to do is try to take your cycle time data, fit it to one of these well-known distributions, and then start performing fancy statistics on that, um, because that will get you into trouble very, very quickly. Um, for, for more information on that, again, Dr. Donald Wheeler is is probably the uh, the, the best the best source on that. Um, uh, do you have something to say about that before we go to standard deviation specifically? No, let's go to standard deviation. That's where I was going. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Now, um, the the this this uh, the second part of this, which is really kind of was really the first part of his question, is you know, can you use standard deviation for uh, for predictability? And this is something that I, I think what he's getting at is something that most people want to do when they calculate an average and standard deviation for their data. Um, is they might want to do if they're doing a two tail test or whatever. They will either do an average plus one standard deviation and minus one standard deviation if that's for two tail, and they'll say, "Hey, what roughly sixty eight percent of our yeah, our, our dots should fall within that, um, you know, plus one minus one, you know, roughly I don't know what is it ninety five percent is plus mm -hmm. two and minus two, and roughly ninety nine percent is, is plus, plus three and minus three. And what what Matt says correctly is when you put those exact percentages on there you are absolutely assuming that you have a normal distribution, which as we just said, you don't. Now that in and of itself, that doesn't mean you can't use a standard deviation um, because there is something out there if anybody's interested in this is, this is a segue, um, but you might be interested in this. There is something out there called uh, an empirical rule. And again, Dr. Wheeler talks about this. I just wanna, wanna read, it, read it very quickly and then we can talk about how it applies or maybe doesn't apply here. Um, there are three parts to the empirical rule. Part one, roughly 60 to 75% of your data will be found within the interval defined by the average plus or minus the standard deviation statistic. Now, when we say that plus or minus the standard deviation statistic, we are talking about for any distribution, regardless of how the underlying data is distributed, the empirical rule says roughly 60 to 75% of your data will be found within the interval plus one or minus one. Um, roughly 90 to 98% of the data will be found within two standard deviations, plus or minus two standard deviations. That's part two. Uh, and part three is approximately 99 to 100% of the data will be found within the interval defined by the average plus or minus three standard deviations. So the fact that your data is not normally distributed does not necessarily discount using 
the standard deviation because of the empirical rule. However, right, from a predictability perspective, everything that I just told you means almost nothing. Nothing, yeah. Almost nothing. I don't particularly, so can, can you get into, into why that, that might yeah, it, it None of that will help you uh, communicate anything to your customers. I mean, if 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 ninety nine percent of your data is in this range, it, it doesn't necessarily because your standard deviation could be such lengths off that it's whether your process. I'm going to take a step back. Whether your process runs such that everything gets done in ten days or less, or your process runs such that everything gets done in a hundred days or less, the empirical rule applies. So from a predictability perspective, you're not gaining anything using standard deviation. So that's, to me, that's, that's kind of point number one that, that you should make, um, that, we, that we should make. Just by, if you re review what I said about the empirical rule, probably the very first litmus test that you should be running on your data is, does it follow the empirical rule? Because if your data does not follow the empirical rule, then you do not have a predictable process. You, you, you can almost be guaranteed you don't have a predictable process. In fact, you've probably got three or four or even dozens of processes running all at the that same time um, because, because your data doesn't follow the empirical rule. So that's, that's litmus test. But then number two, even, even if your data follows the empirical rule and we say we wanna start using standard deviations, for me, this is where I wanted to bring the flaw of averages back into it, is you know whenever we talk, talk about the average, um, and a standard deviation, both of those statistics, both of those statistics are influenced or easily influenced by extreme outliers. Right? <clears throat> um, the, the, the classic joke that we like to talk about, I don't know, who's, who is the richest person in the world now? Um, it's not Elon Musk. Oh, it's, it's the um, Louis Vuitton. The French guy? Yeah, that, that, whatever yeah. his name is. I don't know. So congratulations to you. I, I don't. I try not to speak French because people yeah. start French people start throwing stuff at me when I say whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever his name is, because you know Elon Musk just lost two hundred yeah. billion dollars in a month or something like that. What couldn't happen to a worse guy? Um, so, but anyway, when the Louis Vuitton guy walks into a, a, a pub, on average, everybody in that pub is a billionaire. When this is kind of what we talked about before. If you were to go up and talk to anybody in that pub that wasn't that dude, um, they would not be a billionaire, right? It's the classic case, classic case of the flaw of averages. They're, you know, they're very, averages are very, very easily um, influenced by extreme outliers. Standard deviations, same thing. So now if you ever, if you have an extreme outlier in your data, not only is your average going to be inflated, but your standard deviation is going to be um, inflated as well, which is going to give you a very, very, very false sense of predictability. Sorry, we're gonna we're gonna jump in and say something there. No, I was, uh, the the other thing that well, I was kind of going to add to that another point of our our data is also uh, zero bound when we're talking about cycle time or throughput. It's zero bound, so. Our distribution, if, if there is a distribution you try to apply to it, it has an abrupt end. And that makes it even harder to apply some of these uh, standard, quote unquote, statistics. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, two, 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 at least two, maybe more overall problems 
when we start talking about averages and, um, and, and standard deviation. Number one, if anybody starts throwing specific uh, percentages out at you, um, say, oh, it's within this one plus, plus or minus one standard deviation. So therefore we're at 68% or whatever it is. Again, they are assuming you have a, a normally distributed data set when, when almost certainly, I, I always say this, a bit critiques life that your data is not normally distributed. It almost certainly is. But, but then your fallback is the empirical rule. But then again, even if, you're, even if your data falls within the empirical rule, that tells you absolutely nothing uh, you know, about the predictability of your process. It, all, all that really tells you is that you, have, you potentially have uh, a stable system, right? You know, so, something that we can start describing in other ways. That's where we need to see the, our, our future series on process behavior process charts behavior and, shows, yeah yeah and uh you know and and uh you know and and things like that so yeah um and then the second thing is you might say well okay well i acknowledge that our data is not normally distributed so let's let's fit our probability let's fit our data to a, a probability model and start doing you know start figuring out shape parameters and skewness and kurtosis and all, all this stuff and and we can we can uh we can you know, make predictions based on that stuff. Wrong as well, because your data, your data will not fit any of those models. It, it, it just won't. At best, at best, it'll be an approximation. And some, sorry, if I can say one more, I know I'm talking a lot this episode. I don't care. Um, Dr. Wheeler says this all the time, you know, when he says your data is at best an approximation and what, what, what he means by that and what he says he means by that is you could have an, an infinite data points, an infinite amount of data points, and you would still never be able to prove that your data set matched one of these probabilities um, exactly. It only takes one data point to prove that your data does not match one of those things. So anyway, that's the last thing I wanted to say for now. Yeah, I just I just wanted to pull it back to Dr. Sam Savage, and we mentioned this very briefly early on, um, steam error statistics. The reason these distributions even exist um, is because they were used as approximations when we did not have the ability to collect the data, when we did not have these computers that could collect every data point and present it to you. Um, now that we have those, <laughs> the ability to get real data and use real data there is no need to fall back to steam error statistics and to, to go through those distributions that are an approximation of the real thing that you already have. Yep. So as much as possible, use the real data. If if anybody wants to, to learn a lot more about the history of those steam error statistics, um, there's a book out there called Bernoulli's Fallacy. Maybe, maybe some of you in the audience have, have, have read it. Um, I... I have a hard time recommending the book from for, from the book's premise perspective. I'm not sure that the, the the book itself fulfilled its premise, but from a just a history lesson, you know, because he does a great job of going into the history of these statistics and how most modern statistics are built on assumptions of two or three guys, and most of those assumptions are are wrong um, and and not necessarily even applicable in our world. But because they needed mathematical shortcuts. Because they didn't have computers, you know, at the time, mm -hmm. this this you know all the you know all this stuff became accepted as um, as true statistics when um, it was really essentially just three three people's opinion, and I think it was really more one one or, one or two people's opinion. Anyway, go 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 read the book. I'm not doing it justice, but uh, if you want to learn more about that, that, that that's a fascinating read from a history perspective. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so moral of the story is law of averages sneak up on you when you least expect it. And we, even when you hear so-called experts out there telling you certain things, um, you know, the, the first thing you need to think about, especially when it comes to, you know, forecasting, data analysis or whatever, is the flaw of averages lurking somewhere here in the shadows. Yeah, and, 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 and how can we stay as close and as true to the data that we have, the actual and, and discrete, because our data is discrete, the actual discrete data that we have instead of trying to uh, take mathematical shortcuts. Yep, and we haven't even talked about transforming your data so that it is normal and doing all that kind of crap. Yeah. Because there, there, are, there are people who would even recommend that. Ain't um, oh. nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> just, just might, as well, might as well use story points. Yes, at that point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, on the might as well use story points note, um, Please tune in next time where maybe, maybe this we have to tune in. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have maybe we'll have dressed differently next time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Have... Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So maybe yeah. yeah, maybe I would actually finish a drink. Be drinking something different. <laughs> um, so for the star of the show, Nisha there in the background for Pratik Singh. Um, I just want to say sorry, sorry for hogging this show. Um, but hope you will will join us next week or whenever we publish the next video. Good night, everybody. Okay. <laughs>